This episode of Caseline, the French football podcast with the accent, is brought to you by Breaking the Lines, football curated opinion. Jump on the website and read articles about, of course, the women's euro, but also a um, portrait of Kalidou Koulibaly and a question that everybody who loves football and who loves uh, beautiful football is wondering, what is Juego de Position, the positional play so dear to um, Joseph Guardiola. Uh, go also to your favorite podcast platform to listen to the brand new Cortalinas, the uh, podcast on Portuguese football by Zach Lowy. Episode one of season three is out. The Breaking the Lines co-founder is focusing on Porto's latest signing, Gabriel Veron, with Harry Brooks. It is worth a listen. In this episode of Caseline today, we are going to talk about Excellence, Les Sans Réor, the you know one of the teams that have surprised in the past couple of years in Ligue 1 and who better uh, to talk about excellence than a fan a real fan because he is actually a, a season ticket holder at that at Stade Bollard of course the uh, Stade of Excellence the famous um one of the best ambiance atmospheres in in France really um and so his name is Remy uh, he you can find him on Twitter as uh, his handle is Torre Invest FC And he's spending the next half hour just talking about Erselance, his love for the club, and what has changed since um, Gisolfi and Hez have, have started working. But since uh, the owner has changed, more importantly, and, and he's going to have a, a world of two of that and what the football has been and what we can expect from this season in Erselance. Um, this episode starts in about a second. Thank you very much for following Castelline. Don't hesitate to rate, subscribe, ask questions, DM. If you follow a team and you want to talk about it, please come in and contact me and we can start uh, discussing it. Love to hear anybody's thoughts on French football in general. Castelline starts now. So Castelline and, and an episode uh, pretty special because we are finally talking about one of my favorite clubs in, in France uh, from, from the passion that the club evokes to its fans to actually the football that they've been playing uh, the last couple of years to, to the history as well. Uh, and so I'm joined with a, a real RC Lance fan because Lance is the club that we're going to talk about. Remy, Remy, thank you so much for accepting to come on Castelline. How are you today? First of all, I'm very well. And first of all, thank you so much for welcoming um, here in this podcast. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, that I found you and, you know, chatting on Twitter. Uh, the, the, the world is your oyster, right? So uh, I, when you told me that you were a Lance fan, um, I was just really, you know, itching to do that pod and to talk about, you know, one of the, obviously, historically, one of the most important clubs in Ligue 1, uh, but in recent years, and since Frank has took over, Um, a club that is really making dents in, in French football. Before we get there, if you don't mind, just for the listeners, introduce yourself uh, and, and I guess tell us, you know, how long have you been a, a Lance fan? Yes, let's do that. Uh, so I am Rémy, uh, 37 years old, and uh, I live and work in Paris. Uh, I am originally from north of France. I like to travel a lot, discover new countries, culture. Um, by the way, Australia is definitely on my shortlist. So if you have good recommendation, feel free. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of data management game, 
um, and sports, sports watching, practicing, and, and analyzing. Um, so, as I said, I'm coming originally from north of France. So, when you're coming from north of France, you have two main options. The first one is to become a Lance fan, and the other one is to become a Lille fan. Uh, but as I grew up uh, 20 kilometers away from Lens, I had no choice. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> glad that I didn't have the choice at that time. So I'm a Lens fan, and I should be a Lens fan since how, as long as I can remember, maybe when I was four five years old. How does one become a, a, a Lens fan? I mean, I'm, I'm, as it's not secret on this podcast, I'm a Marseille fan, and it's, uh, and it's, and it's a family thing. Um, is, is that the same thing in Lens? Is that tradition? Is that your family brought you to the stadium the first time and uh, and and you just you know you just got bitten by the the Lens virus? Yes, Lens Lens is very well known in France to be a, a family oriented stadium. Uh, and when you are when you are when you are a kid and you have the chance to go to a stadium, it it's just enough to become a fan because you know you went, when you walk into a stadium that is always full with an incredible atmosphere, fans singing non-stop before, during, after the game, with music, with your family. Well, those memories, they stay forever, and, and that's all. Like, the only thing you want to do after, after that is just to go back two weeks after, um, and, and it became your main topic of discussions with your friends at school. It's, uh, you, you said it, um, you know, Lance is that, that familiar club, that very popular club. I mean, if Um, if listeners don't know which, which are that, most of them know, Lens, Marseille, Saint-Etienne are probably the three, the three public, the three, um, you know, the three main fan support. I think Saint-Etienne and Marseille is probably more known for the, the work of their ultra. Lens is more known for being just always a positive atmosphere, always behind their, their club and, and very much a, I guess, a sane environment as far as Um, club, club supporting it, it builds memory as well you, you did give your eight at the beginning so um, you were here when that happened um, is, is that you know, 1998-1999 season uh, one of your uh, most fond memories of Lens or is there, a, is there another one that, that pops in mind whenever you, you think about your club uh, I have a lot of memories that are related to the trips you're doing when you're going uh, to watch away games Uh, I think this is where the strongest memories are made. But yes, you're right. The biggest one was when we, we reached the, the championship title in 1998. It's, it was the first one. And as of today, it's still the only one we have. Um, you know, at that time, Lance was his little team. Loved, as you said, loved by everyone, but not taken seriously. Uh, it was in a poor region with one of the highest unemployment rate, rate sorry. Um, it, it's in a poor region with one of the highest in unemployment rate in France. And suddenly we became champion, you know, so the city and the region became the point of attraction in France. Um, I remember that the team played the last game in Auxerre. So Auxerre is in the central east part of France. Uh, they came back to the city and decided to open the stadium. And more than 30,000 people went there to celebrate at 3 a.m. Uh, the title. 
And uh, I, I remember as a kid, when you have very conservative parents, you know, when your parents are used to make you and your brother go to bed very early to focus only on school and work. And when they say at 1 a.m., okay, take, take your bag, we'll go and we're going to celebrate. Like, it means something. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and I, and I bet it is something that you can't, um, you, you can't forget that easily. After this, this, you know, I guess, peak of, uh, of Lance's history, there has been some more complicated years, some ups and downs. And then um, now that we're going to come back a little bit more into modern Lance and what we've seen recently, and it's interesting that you talk about the, the poor CD and the, um, and the history because we're definitely seeing it right now with some of the um, recruit of Polish heritage. Um, Lance, a couple of years ago, now two years and a half ago, right, 2020, is taken over by Frank Ez, a, a bit, Looky or not, for the people who know, Lance finds himself back in Ligue 1 uh, with the season shortened in France. Uh, two games after Francais take over, uh, he, he won promotion. And then um, they've been to from Frank to Frank in, in Ligue 1. Uh, first, it was the, the promoted club that was the surprise, and then they confirmed in, in year two. Um, and of course, we, we know all the famous players that, are, that, are, that have exploded the past couple of years. For Fana, of course, close. Um, and even the, the less known hardworking players like Gradit and Sotoka and, and, and guys like this. As a fan, since, you know, Florent Gisolfi has taken over and he's doing a pretty awesome job as the sports coordinator. And Franquez, of course, as the coach, as a fan, how have you lived the last, uh, the last couple of years? And I guess how, how much do you love your team right now? Uh, to be honest, having these kind of guys Managing the team is the best thing that has happened to us in 15 years. Um, suddenly, Lance became again uh, a point of attraction in France. And you can feel when you're talking to the fan, you can feel that they are proud of the team. And as a fan, this is, this is what you're looking for. Um, you talked about Frank Ez and, and uh, Florence Gisolfi. So for those who don't know well the team, Francaise is a coach and Florent Grisotti is a sports coordinator. However, behind those two men, you have two other strong men that are Arnaud Pouy, the general manager, and Joseph Ougourian, the, the chairman of the board. And to be honest, everything came from those two last men. Uh, they took the team, so as you said, in second division, uh, having to face financial issues. Um, but they transformed uh, a family team because it was led and managed as a family uh, uh, company. They transformed it to a modern company. Um, they defined values, vision, and strategy. And they did that including all the stakeholders. Um, so the employees, the players, the partners, the fans, and the media. I was part of a uh, a group of fans, and I was invited at the first season in League One uh, by the team, and they explained to us everything they have done. And it was very similar to what I was doing in my company in Paris. <laughs> exactly the same way to engage people in a common project. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, now 
lost this bank because, and, and you can see it now, all the decisions made followed the three pillars, values, vision, and strategy. And so one of the decisions was to name Florence Gisolfi and Franquez, and so far, I think it's a, it's a, it's a success. That's awesome. Well, I, I wasn't aware of, of that. And I mean, of course, I remember the, 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 new, the newest owner and, and all the back and forth that had happened in the past, yeah, 15, 10 years with Lance, where uh, mm. it looked like every other year there was a, another new owner coming in and it wasn't happening and it was happening and not happening. Uh, but, but it's great that those two have, have done that. I mean, it's very, uh, it's almost socios like, right, to, uh, to go to your fans and get them involved and tell them what's going on. And I guess it's also the best way to uh to engage with fans much better than uh maybe what other um other owners have done in cities of the southwest of france for example um <laughs> it's uh it's you you're saying it they're they've made the right choice obviously um the work that we see the most right is is Gisolfi and and Franquez because it's yeah. it's what we see um in front of us every single weekend but obviously for the team to perform so well, there is clearly um yeah, same environment, a team that works well. Um and you could you can see with you it's not obvious the youth that comes out of the ranks of Lance, but it's obvious that when they come in and when they play, uh even the young Portuguese player that Costa who just started, um, that they are included straight away in the system. I mean, I've seen a couple of the preseason game from Lance and players that have just arrived, it looks like they've been here for six, seven months. So clearly the, the job is done. For people who don't know him as well, Florent Gisolfi, the, the sport coordinator, who's, uh, who's the guy who's born very close from where I'm born in South of France in, in Auvergne. And, and he was known in South of France for, uh, for being not only a great player, but a great player that had a great brain, although he was playing in lower leagues. Um, he's only 37, 38, I think, and he's the, the sports coordinator. So he's that new line of young sports coordinator, very data-driven, um, but who's not afraid to go and find talents in, in leagues that are unexpected, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, but also, every time he talks to the media, um, he's, ob he's obviously clearly um, smart enough and trained enough to discuss always his vision and always um, to develop, to discuss, to develop, to, um, to really insist on the culture of the club and of the fact that the club success succeeds only if every single part of the club is successful, um, which makes the work of Frank S much easier, right? When you don't have the instability that you can have in, in a club like Paris or Marseille or Lyon or Monaco to, to mention uh, the four teams that are usually at the top of the, of the league, usually over Lens. Um, it's easier when you don't have that, that kind of pressure. And we've seen um, players really, really developing well uh, and and that's that's a long-winded way of me getting to to, to my point. Um, the the players that we've seen uh, exploding literally um, in, in league in the past couple of seasons were, were you surprised? You know, were you expecting a Seco Fofana, Jonathan Klaus, uh, Ducouré, Gradit at that level of performance when when the team starts in league and then and then even the second year? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I, I won't lie to you. Not at all. First of all. Um, Jonathan Kloss, this guy came from the Bundesliga 2, so the second division in, in Germany. No one knew him. So the guy came, but we didn't know who he was. And um, the, the only information we got was what we, uh, we could find on the internet, meaning 
someone who was who is already 27 at that time, something like that, uh, who struggled to uh, to find a position in a team for more than two or three years, uh, who was kicked out of uh, the 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 young squad of Strasbourg, um, and that's all. So of course, when you see this guy coming, you're like, okay, we'll see, we'll see what will happen, but let's not have huge expectations. That worked out well, uh, yes. eventually. Yes, no, it, it worked. It worked perfectly. It worked perfectly. Why? Because um, we have a clearly defined tactic and game plan. And I think this is the most important here. It's uh, everyone in the board management, the coach, the coordinator, sportive, everyone, they defined, uh, like I said, a vision and a way to, to play. And even if the team we will not win all the games, they will impose a way to play each game to their opponents. And they have perfect, well-established speech with it. They're always saying, let's remain humble, but be ambitious. And they do not expect their player to win everything, as I said. They expect their player to follow the instructions and to play as we have decided to play. And so once that being said, it's very easy then to, for the, but very easy. <laughs> it's, it's easier for the sports coordinator to know what kind of profile he has to, uh, to get. He knows exactly that, okay, so for this specific position, um, for example, our center backs, um, you, you talked about Gradit, we have Medina, we have, uh, uh, we have a bunch of people here that we didn't know when they arrived at the team. And they are not the best player in defense, but they are very good to carry the ball. They are very good to, to break the lines with a pass. And we needed this kind of player because Lance, we just like when, when we have the ball in defense, we just not throwing the ball uh, for the for, for the for the forwards, you know. We want to build the game from the defense. And for that we have to, to get technical player in defense. But when you are a coordinator, uh, sports coordinator in a team, I guess that the first statistic you're looking for a player is interceptions, tackles, number of clinches not number of deliveries. So once the tactic was clear enough for everyone, I guess it, make it, it makes it easier to, to know what you, you need to get. What do you like the most about Frank Hez's tactics? I mean, he, he is um, depicted as this, this bench genius, this, this young, again, that, that, that new brand of young coach that comes in, has an idea, and, and will, you know, not will die for his ideas, but will, like you said, the victory doesn't matter as much as how the team plays. Um, what's, what do you think is the best um, about his tactics? Uh, his adaptability. Because even if he has a vision, he knows that if it's not working, it's not working. Let's not force it. In this case, let's adapt, but let's adapt following our strengths not following the weakness of the other team. And I think the, we saw it after the first year in League One 
so two years ago, um, it was we, we had a very a very hard period. Uh, during three or four months, the team was struggling again to to, to win, was struggling again to be uh, uh, to perform, and he, he decided to change his uh, tactic. And when he was talking in the press, uh, he just admitted, okay, now we are not a surprise anymore. They know how we are playing, so we need to get another way to get the advantage. And for that, I need to reinvent myself. And this is what he did. Yeah, and he did it pretty pretty successfully. Most last time, remember the uh, those last second wins against, uh, against Lille in the Coupe de France, which was a bit of a a turn into the season this year and and of, of course um, a, f- a few more results that get them just at the doors of of European football it's a new season that's about to start Cech Ducouré Jonathan Klos maybe Feko Fofana Arno Kalimwendo back in Paris because he was on loan the injury of Farinez who was supposed to be the, the number one keeper finally taking a bit of, of time from, from Leca all those players are gone. It's against Eko Havana. There was chat still at Lance right now, and there's chances that he will play with Lance the whole season. But there's been a lot of talk about him potentially leaving because obviously being one of the best midfielders in, in Liga is is uh, definitely a target for a lot of clubs. Uh, but you're still losing close Ducouré uh, and Kalimwendo, who have been um, pretty you know, pretty important the, the past couple of years. No doubt that you know every every last fan would feel would feel sad about it. What's important, I think, is who they found to replace. It's Jimmy Cabo, who's who's impressive in Angers last year, and who's always been this hardworking um, wing back, which is exactly, I guess, what Close was. Um, Solis Ahmed, who who's been alright with Clermont, and Clermont was also a team who liked to play football last year um, to to come in and replace Ducouré, and then open that front. Buxa, Samba. As a goalkeeper, we see the work done the, the right way by Gisolfi and by S talking to each other. Um, what's your feeling as a fan when you see those important names leaving and the players that are coming in? They all look great on paper because you also have this this special feeling that you know you can trust your coach and your sports coordinator. So you probably even see the player even better than they are because you know that they've done the work. But how do you feel? As, as a fan, you lose those very important players and you're supposedly now, season three, the moment where you're saying, I, I need to finish fifth or sixth, I need to get to, to one of those European competitions. First of all, for the third season, uh, the objective is to stay in League One next year. They, they said it, they repeated it. It's the main objective. Uh, of course, we have no limits. I'm just rephrasing what they said. We have no limit. So if we can reach up, we will do it. However, the first target is to stay in League One. Uh, it's very important, of course, for all the team. But it's this year, uh, we have four teams going in second division because um, so next year, we will, uh, we will come from a league of 20 teams to 18 teams. So it will be very, uh, very competitive. And, and this is, well, the main objective. Uh, the the loss of Sheikh Ducouré, I think, is the biggest one because this guy is a hard worker and he's doing it in the shadow. You know, he's not looking um, to get all the spotlights on him. 
um, especially when you have a Sekufmana next to him. Uh, so he, he didn't care. He didn't care, but oh gosh, was he important for the team? And I think it, it's a big, big loss. However, as you said, we have Ahmed coming from Clermont-Ferrand. Again, I will be totally honest and transparent. I do not know Ahmed. Uh, the only thing I know from this player is a few years ago, Ducouré and Ahmed coming from the same um, the same academy in Africa. They came in Lens at the same time to do a test, and Lens decided to keep only Ducouré. Mm -hmm. And so now they said, "Okay, let's take let's take let's take back <laughs> Ahmed. <laughs> let's try the other one." Uh, and let's try the other one after a few years and with more experience with having playing in uh, in League One at Clermont-Ferrand. And I watched a few uh, a few uh, a few uh, friendly games. This is a copy paste. This is exactly the same player. The way to play, you you can see it. That this is the same academy because the way to play, even the attitude on the field, it's exactly the same. So we'll see. The expectations on, on him are very, very high uh, because the loss is is huge. But if it's coming from the same place with the same skills, the same mentality, I don't know. I don't know why it can't it can't work. So so we'll see. Uh, we are losing Jonathan Kloss that uh, was very decisive uh, for the last two years. The, the most decisive defender in Europe. Um, he, he was able to score. Uh, he was able to give a lot of assists. So it's 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 a loss as well. However, as you said, we have Jimmy Cabo. But uh, from what I've seen from the the friendly games, uh, Jimmy Cabo won't be in the starting lineup. We have Frankowski. Yes, right, right. Yes, because for two years he played on the left side, but actually. He, he, he played originally on the right side. So Frankowski seems to, to be in the starting lineup. He already knows the team, uh, knows exactly how, how we should play. And on the left side, we have a Colombian, David Machado, that uh, we got last year from Toulouse, uh, but sadly was injured uh, for several months and now seems to be his season. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it will, uh, will happen. Uh, and then, yes, uh, we lost... Kenny Mendo was uh, the 20, I think it was 20, 21, 20, yeah, mm -hmm. 20 when, uh, last year. And again, it was the most decisive uh, forward 20 years and less in Europe. So, of course, it's a loss. Uh, if we could have kept it, we would have done it, but it was not possible financially. Um, it's very important, again, to see that uh, the coach anticipated it by uh, taking two different players here to replace him. We have Openda that could be a bit similar in the way to, uh, to, to play, uh, that is very a fast runner. Uh, he is able, he seems to be able, we'll see in the French division now, but he seems to be able to create space for the team very fast. He is technical, very young, so uh, we expect a lot from him. But now we have Buxa. Books are coming from MLS. It's a new kind of profile for Lens. We didn't have this kind of profile last year. So again, uh, by selling big players, 
we just offered new opportunities to the team to be uh, decisive. And I'm very, uh, I'm very impatient to see uh, what could be done with this kind of player. We know that uh, loss the last year, it was difficult against very defensive team. You know, those kind of teams that were playing with eight, nine players in the last 30 meters on their, on the, on the field. Uh, but now with some with someone like Boxa, who can take the lead very easily uh, because he's very tall, can jump very high. So he can take the lead with his head very easily. Uh, I would like to see how we will use him in the gym. So very, very impatient to see that. Yeah, and you mentioned the adaptability of Frank S. We've, we've seen... A three four three three five two depending on on where Kakuta would play and uh, and and with Kalimwendo if he was uh, near Sotoka or or near um, I can't remember his name now the other um, striker that Ganago that was uh, very inconsistent unfortunately the second year um, with with Openda and and Buxa he very much looks like the uh, the end of nineties um, striker pairing where you got the tall guy and the small fast guy who can play very well of each other. Uh, but it is something that basically nobody else has in Liga, uh, this, uh, this, this, um, sorry, this combination of striker, the tall, the tall guy and the small guy. Um, and it's something that they can clearly take advantage of or not because there are still, um, still other players like Sotoka and, uh, and Nganago that can be used and also young players. Um, you know, we, we tend to forget that Lance does the job Early on, and you mentioned Machado. There's also Patrick Berg, who arrived in in January from Bodo Glimt, um, who's, who's probably going to um, start having a, a bigger impact. Danso in defense, who arrived from Austria. Nobody knows, nobody knew, um, but then made his name. Christopher Wu, uh, a young player coming up as well. So they are they are doing that invest that anticipation um, the right way. There's one position that I want to talk about a, a little bit as well: the goalkeeper. Farinez, yes. one of the um, a bit of a cult hero in South America because at the Copa America he did very well last year and he's very respected with the work that he's doing with the, the national team. In Liga, he has been okay without being amazing. Uh, there's there's uh, Lech, who's, who's a Corsican um, goalkeeper and who must have such an important influence on the locker room. Uh, he's very experimented, 36 or 37 years old now even. Uh, but then Farinez injures himself and is out until I think at least November, December, maybe more. Uh, and so Lance decides to go and get Brief Samba, who is this, uh, I guess, extravert um, goalkeeper. If people don't know Brief Samba, um, he, he was at first the new Mandanda, came from Le Havre, was trained in Le Havre, went to Marseille because Marseille got Mandanda for Le Havre. So thought we get Samba from Le Havre, we're getting the same kind of training, the same kind of goalkeeper. Um, there was a few issues off the field. Uh, and then eventually Marseille decided not to keep him. He went to play in, in England and finally made a name for himself with Nottingham Forest. Um, he was very good on, on the pitch, but he also has some pretty um, pretty famous um, videos where he's wasting time and where um, the, the world shithousery has never been um, so well um, pictured that, that when Brice Samba is trying to waste some time during a goal kick. Uh, anyway, it's his big return in France. And so now you find yourself with Brice Samba, who's coming to be a number one goalkeeper, 
um, Lecar, who was the number one, and I'm sure was told that he was going to have to spare some minutes now with eight, but potentially Farinez coming back. Um, and now we end up being potentially another one of those situations where you're going to have two goalkeepers, almost three, that can all be number one and, and the issues that could arouse in, in the locker room because of it. What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, to be honest, first of all, Farinez has a very bad injury and won't be able to play for several months. So uh, I, I guess that I'm not even sure that he will be able to play during this season, the next season. So maybe we won't have a problem here. Uh, however, and I hope for him that he will be able to come back earlier. Uh, if it's the case, to be honest, he, he never gave the guarantee, the warranty, sorry, he never gave the warranty that he could be number one at Lens. Um, it took time before being in the starting lineup and no one understood uh, as a fan, at least, uh, you don't understand why a goalkeeper that has this huge reputation being the next star in South America coming in Nantes and not playing. You don't, you don't understand that. So, okay, he needs to adapt. He needs to understand how the team is playing. He needs to improve his skills with his foot. Um, all of that, it could take time, of course, but after one year and a half, still not playing, you can't understand. And they decided to play two games with Leca, two games with Farinez during the second part of the season last year. Uh, the goal was clear. It was to test him to make sure that, okay, he can be number one or not. And I think that at the end of this season, it was not clear. And if you have a doubt, you have no doubt normally. It means it can't be the number one. And from what I understood in the press, uh, what I have read was that uh, we already started the discussion with Samba in April, mm. meaning that the season was not over yet. And we I were still... Yes. So I get that it was clear for the board that we were looking for other options because it didn't... It, 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 it was it was not good enough to be to be number one. So I get that now it's clear, it's even clearer that Samba is number one. Leka is here to support the team in the locker room and will get uh, some uh, some minutes, but Samba is clearly the number one. And after the friendly game against Inter Milan, so Milano International, and I don't know how they say it in English. Mm -hmm. uh, but after the friendly game, yes, somebody, he can, he can give wins to the team. And so far, it was not the case for Mleka and, uh, and Farinez. True. It's been all right, the, the preseason for, uh, for Lens, eh, where Valenciennes, Clermont, uh, Rodez, and, and of course Inter, uh, this weekend, um, all wins, all, all wins, excuse me, and and yeah, obviously that win against Iter, um, maybe a bit uh, a, a bit more prestigious, uh, and and not nothing to to be ashamed of. The position was for uh, for Lance and Inter was not playing with um, a second or or a third team. You had the the Barella, the Brozovic, the the Kayanoglu, the Dumfries, uh, the Ferris was in defense, and Danovic was the keeper. I mean, it was the it was their team. 
Um, and, and Lance won at the last minute with uh, with a goal from Luis Ofenda. So it, it is exciting, I think, what's going what's going on in Lance. Uh, and I think we're probably on for um, a third season of, it's not a surprise anymore, there's a bit of expectations, but a third season of Lance showing the rest of Ligue 1 uh, that they know how to work and that they're working well. Uh, I guess kind of to, to close it up, what's your what's your uh, anticipation of the season? Is Lance now really knocking at the door of, of European football or, or are you being just like your, your club um, humble but ambitious and being such a particular season with the World Cup in the middle, um, it, it, we can't really predict what's going to happen. Uh, I, I think I am in the same mind as a, as a club, as a team is I would like to go as high as possible, but I know that it will be difficult. It will be difficult. So I, I, I want to avoid uh, deception at the end of the season. So we'll see what will happen. However, uh, Frank S, so the coach, already said last week that the team was in advance in the preparation stage. Um, at the same moment, three, four weeks before the beginning of the season, the team is in advance compared to last year. Uh, and last year, the team was in advance compared to the last year again. Um, even if we finished at the same position, we finished with five more points. That normally, 62 points, this amount of points, 80% of the time you are in Europe. So it was a very particular year, I think, um, but it means that we had other teams that was that were better than us. And regarding the stability of the team, we lost three main players, but we kept the, a big team. So far, we still have Profana as well. Um, I am very ambitious, and and we'll see what will happen. But I'm saying it with a big smile. Uh, however, I'm not looking particularly to to be in a European qualification position at the end of the year. I just want again to go at the stadium and to be happy and proud and being able to say, yes, this is my team, because this is what has been happening for me the last two years. And this feeling is is better than anything. Yeah, you don't want to go to Europe and and burn your wings when uh, when right now you're doing so well on on the domestic uh, field. Remy, thank you so much for for coming on and, and talking about Lance. Any any last thoughts about about the club or about a player we should uh, keep an eye on or, or anything about about Les Sanyers? Uh, yes, I would like to say you, you, you named it before. It's uh, Pereira da Costa, that's uh, a young Portuguese playing in midfield and starting slowly but surely. He became uh, in the starting lineup last year. Uh, he crossed uh, Gael Kakuta. Who was the kid of the key of the of the team of the club? A very technical guy, but had a lot of injuries. And uh, well, so David Pereira da Costa is 2021 20, now. Uh, very technical as well. He has a a, a small uh, physical. He's not the kind of guy that can play with the shoulder and uh, will run faster than anyone else. But 
he has a clear vision of what has to be done on the pitch and with very high skills, uh, technical skills. So I'm going to be very attentive to what he can produce this year, especially with uh, Openda and Buxa in front of him. So I guess for someone who doesn't know the team and would like to see a player, it could be the, the one to watch. The one to watch, you, you heard it first in Castellini. Remy, thank you so much again for, for your time. Thanks for coming and talking about um, such, such, a, such a great club in France, really. Excellence, uh, and it's great to see them at that level. And it's great to see a club, um, I mean, simply run the right way. Um, thank you very much. Um, of, of course, we'll, we'll keep talking all season, and I hope to uh, get you back on the pod soon to, uh, to talk about how uh, successful Lance has been. Thank you so much for the invitation. I loved it. Awesome. Bye, everyone. Ciao, ciao.